Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the motherfucking What Did He Say podcast. Bye, 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 bye. Give it up for my co-host in the building. Marisol. Rob GT. Man, y'all got to turn the fuck up, man. We got, oh. a, we got a Brooklyn boy in the building. <laughs> welcome to Houston, Texas, man. We got Chris DiStefano. Yes. Did I, did I say it right? You nailed it. Man, let me do one more thing. Chris DiStefano. Yes, <laughs> nailed it. I just need, I couldn't think of a nickname to give you, in the, like, yeah. Chris Sweaters. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> Stefano. You know what's, you know what this is great for me? Because I just watched Narcos Mexico, so I'm, I'm, I feel I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, hey. I didn't know how crazy Mexican people got. Yeah. Drilling holes in guy, he, FBA agent, agents' heads. Hey, Chris was suspicious. I was like, hey, man, we, we going to send you an Uber, dog. He's probably like, man, is this really an Uber? Is this some fucking guy? Yeah. Are they going to put a hood over my head and just extort me? <laughs> and, then the, and then the hood gets a little sketchy it's like loft loft condo trap house yoga yeah. studio trap house i noticed that too i was like the neighborhood it, it was like it got it was like it was like crazy i was like locked the doors and i was like oh this is nice and then i locked the doors again <laughs> then when i got here i was like oh this is beautiful look at you got it's, grass it, it's, it's, yeah. like brooklyn, it's like brooklyn 15 years right? ago it's for real yeah yeah well yeah now brooklyn yeah but brooklyn is is like it's actually really soft now brooklyn it's yeah. real it's even changed. there's two neighborhoods left that are like old, like Takashi's little hood, or, or oh, Bushwick. Part? Yeah, okay. e even Bushwick though is is becoming a little bit more gentrified. Now. Like I grew up in Bushwick in Ridgewood, Bushwick, and my mother's house is like you know it's like a piece of shit, like dilapidated house, but it's worth over a million dollars because all the hipsters want to move. Yeah. There's a yoga studio on my mom's corner. Oh wow! My mom would call me like uh, you know recently, and she was asking me like what quinoa was. Ah. She was like Kanoa. She was calling. Kanoa. And she was like, what is this? people i see the people buying it i'm like i don't know mom and then uh so yeah really brooklyn is it's like actually the softest place in new york now it's kind of sad you know i hope it doesn't happen to houston it has a little yeah. austin vibe that that's, yeah it's like austin is our brooklyn keeping it super yeah, weird yeah, kind of thing yeah. yeah and gentrification it's not everyone is like oh it's always like white people it is mostly white people but it's, it's every it's every race now like you just now i just know like I'm like this person's just gonna be annoying and I could just tell by what they're wearing how they're acting they're talking about Vermont yeah. I'm like you're just gonna be this guy that's gonna you know it's just uh, I you're know that, you're, you're just that gonna, fucking guy you're just gonna be that you know you're just gonna be at the comedy shows like laughing but trying not to be offended and yeah I'm just like, I can't fucking handle this. Because where I'm from, like, you, you you know, Sergio, too, my man who's here, he's from the Lower East Side. It's like, we used to just get punched in the face. Like, that happened to me so many times in my life growing up where I was just uppercut, just punched in the face. So, like, I realize I don't matter. Like, I'm aware, like, I'm one of nine billion people. I think these new people, it's nobody, all about them, nobody right? hits them. Yeah. Nobody gets hit. Yeah. It's, it's, such a, it's such a positive thing to hit somebody. I'm telling you, man, every time I had, like, a wild fucking opinion... Like somebody would just punch me in the face and then I'd get knocked out and I'd get up and I'd have like a different, better opinion where these people just go on with their dumb opinions and they tweet it out. And it gets like 10 retweets. Yeah. They think what they said is profound. It's like nobody cares about you. Yeah. It's just no one's punched you in the face. It's like evolution. Like back in the caveman days, that was an evolutionary thing. It's like sometimes you got to in your in your tribe. Let a motherfucker know, hey, bro, you can't do that type exactly. of shit. Exactly. Or you're going to be exiled from this. Go watch any nature documentary. Just anyone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If the, as soon as there's somebody slowing down the herd, they're left behind eaten by animals. It's just what it is. Yeah. And you see nature starts to do little things like peanut allergies. That's a big thing. Yeah. Now, that wasn't a thing. That's a post-2007. Yeah. I would say 2007, after, now everybody has peanut allergies. It's thinning out the herd. Yeah. I'm telling you, nature wants balance. And we're out of fucking balance. But I like Houston because I feel like you could still get popped out here and I feel at home. Yeah, yeah. man. Which this, is nice, you know? This is Texas. Man, yeah. hey, well, thank you for coming to Houston, Texas, man. Uh, I know you're going to get a lot of love out here. You're at the Improv uh, Weekend. Um, yeah. Man, so. I should have come on this podcast on Thursday. I could have. Yeah. You know, they had me do a bullshit. People are so behind the times. Like, people just don't want to catch up. Like, the club is great. People are great. But it's like they got me doing radio interviews at like 7 a.m. I'm like, nobody cares. Get me on fucking, get me on Bling's podcast. Yeah, you know. That's what I, he should, you know, I need, I need yeah. his people to come out. You know, this is, this is, uh, this is beyond, this is syndication. This is beyond, <laughs> this is beyond terrestrial radio. Bro, if you your know, podcast pops off, like Joe Rogan gets 90 million downloads of podcasts, you know how much money he makes a year? We, I went on the Reddit, $47 million a year. Just off, off the podcast. Just off his podcast. Easy. Not, not talking about his UFC stuff, not talking about his touring money. $47 million a year. All and these the fucking guys got me going on AM radio. <laughs> and, and you know what's crazy is uh, 
is his touring ain't too shabby either. No, bro. He walks. He, he makes fifty to hundred thousand a weekend if he's doing those theaters. Absolutely, he sells tickets. If you can move tickets in this game, it's just you're good to go. Yeah, that's you know? the name of the game. Man. That's the name of the game. But you know what? I didn't sell tickets seats. this weekend, so I'm fucking. You know. So you're in I'm my Delta. garage. Listen, bro. <laughs> but I'm still Delta Comfort. Hey, you know, I got that extra leg room, poppy. Hey, man. I, I'm not going front. I'm Team Southwest, man. I got so many points yeah. on Southwest. Like for vacations, we can go anywhere you want, baby. Long as Southwest flies at that motherfucker. Right, right. Do they, they got Jamaica, Southwest, Aruba, the Greyhound of the Skies? Is that what they call it? Yeah, for, yeah, that's yeah, funny. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like not she having an like, assigned nah, I'm not seat. Having that. I like not having an assigned seat. Just let me know what letter group. You know what I'm saying? Right. I got so many miles with these motherfuckers. Like they greet me at the door. Right. You know, I get the. You know, I, I get to the storage unit up top first. <laughs> See, Southwest yeah. isn't isn't in in New York. It's JetBlue. A lot of people fly JetBlue, but that doesn't have too many flights here. JetBlue, right? JetBlue, yeah, yeah, that's a big northeast thing. Northeast, yeah, where that's how it. That the the, the equivalent is is JetBlue ah. for us for your Southwest. So it's northeast and southwest. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Peanut allergies. Yeah. No. <laughs> On so what, do you guys have peanut allergies? And if you do, it's like whatever. It, it, but who? Uh, you're so right. I, when, didn't we just have this conversation not too long? I was like, when you went to go volunteer at uh, Mickey's school, they weren't allowed. You oh, felt yeah, bad. Yeah. I, I was doing Daddy Watchdog. Right. And the kids, they're all like, can you help me with my Capri Sun? Like, they all need to help open and shit. Right. And um, and one of the kids, Maurice, was crying. He was crying, crying, crying. I was like, man, what's wrong with Maurice? And like, he's like, I forgot my snack. Everybody's eating. Right. And I told my daughter, I was like, baby, just give him a cookie or something. Like, And she's like, dad, we're not allowed. Mm. I was like, I'm telling you, I'm your dad. And then the teacher was like, no, 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 no. Peanut allergies. Uh, See, that's what I'm saying. Crazy. Like, it's like I... We were all children. Yeah. You know, I grew up in New York City at 9 million people. It just, there was zero peanut allergies. It's like, you, you either, I don't know what happened. Either you survived the night, you found out you were allergic to peanuts, or, you know, we just have like a memorial softball game for you and like we move on. Like there's nobody, <laughs> nobody's going. It's like you just fucking, the peanut allergies was either just kicked out of you or you just kept eating them, or it was like a very rare occurrence. Not everybody can have peanut allergies. It, I'm telling you, it's fucking nature and you see it. Like my daughter, she's three years old and she was unplanned, like old school. Like she wasn't like planned, folic acid, fucking vegetables, <laughs> you know, like how like everybody does now. She was just old school, like, you know, just one night shit. So she's like a survivor kind of kid. <laughs> and I could tell it's like she has no issues, but she goes to school with kids who have to blow out their birthday candles on a fucking iPad because they're allergic to candle smoke. It's like just a different... They swipe it. Bro, it's like, yeah, I swear to God. I, her mom called me. She's like, you know, um, one of Delilah's classmates is allergic to candle smoke. I was like, that's not a real thing. You have to understand it's not a real thing. That I was like, I, I know who it is. It's Cecilia. Her mom is fucking annoying. And, and that child was planned. Yeah, the yeah. child was planned. Her dad is a fucking hipster fucking weirdo that wears sandals. He's a grown-ass man. He's wearing sandals in January. They're assholes. He, they're not allergic to candle smoke. And I want my daughter to stay away from them. The, I don't kid, wanna... the kid was conceived in Vermont. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> While yeah. they were doing an anti-gluten diet. For sure. And it's just like, I'm telling you, you just notice it. It's, it's everybody... You know, I mean, what are you going to do? I can't do anything. I'm not, I don't look like a safe kind of white guy. Like, you guys can talk freely and you'd be like, yay. But, like, if I went on it, they'd be like, fucking alt-right piece of shit. You know, I would look like too. I don't look like, you know, flea market white. I look like. But it's good to have a Latina daughter. It's good to have diversity. You can tell she's tougher, right, than the rest of the kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, I can get away with saying more being a, you know, white guy that looks like this. Because, like, you know, now, you know, you know, people, really? What do you know? What do you have to say, you straight white male piece of shit? I'm like, have you met Julissa? <laughs> she comes running out. I'm like, that's my baby. <laughs> Everyone like, who yeah. has kids, you can tell that I would say like our kids are tougher than do you observe other kids? Like do all of y'all observe other people's kids more closely? I mean, I yes, because you know, especially like the kids that my daughter goes to school with. But I think that having a child like now, like everybody is delaying, you know, having children or they don't want to have children. A lot of people are like, you know, they're forty five years old, they're like, I'm waiting for the right time. Yeah. It's like shut up. So people are just bored and they're concentrating on these things that really don't even affect them and they just you know because they're so fucking bored it's like look i want to save the turtles and the straws too but my daughter has a knife in her hand you know so it's like <laughs> I, I can't i got real fucking problems yeah. at home yeah but everybody's like so like selfish now and just like i don't want to have kids i want to enjoy my journey yeah, I'm a Buddhist, whatever fucking dumb shit they say. And then it just creates this environment of like people that are over-concerned, hyper-aware, hypersensitive, you know, digging back 10 years to try to, Kevin Hart tweets, like, it's yeah. just bored people. <laughs> Somebody, you know, we all have children. I don't have the time. 
I can't look 10 years into Kevin Hart yeah. tweets. I just can't do it. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it's like, listen, if you said something homophobic 10 years ago, it's what it is. I don't care. Yeah. I just don't you, care. Well, you saw the stance he took. I thought that was pretty powerful. Like, he was just like, look, I'm not fucking joking. Like, I get it. It's wrong. I already apologized. Yeah. It was a long fucking time ago. And the argument is always like, do people evolve? Like, do people, can we make mistakes and, and move on and become, like, every year, you're not the same guy you were last year. You know no, of course. Yeah, of course. And if, and that's the thing, too. But he's a comedian. And it's like, if you had to look 10 years, if you had to go 10 years, don't you think this, you, so I think you just wanted revenge. You didn't ever want this guy. You didn't ever, he, he clearly changed. He, yeah. 10 years, yeah. you have no homophobic tweets. And so you just want a revenge. You were going to do that. It could be 20 years ago, you would have found shit. So it's just this thing where I'm like, even being famous now, like what you have, you know, you have your own fans and you're, it's not tied like to these major industry, you know, Kevin Hart, he has to apologize and do these things because all these movie producers and, you know, high ads, they're like, yo, bro, yeah, we fucking, you're part of the 1% now. Okay. You drank the Kool-Aid. We own your soul. Yeah. So you better apologize or you're not going to have any more money. You don't have to do that. Your fans, you can sit and do whatever you want because your fans support you. And that's why I love what Joe Rogan has because he can say and do whatever he wants. Yeah, he can yeah, just be yeah. himself because his fans are supporting him. And that's what's happening. The industry is becoming less and less powerful. Now it's like, yeah, you want to be a movie star, fine. You're going to have to sell your soul. But we can be Bro. multi-millionaires here doing, you it, got a fucking own studio here with your own fan base. If, if, it was, great. if it wasn't for the internet, they would have been able to completely marginalize a mask. You know, like, like literally like not like, oh, silence me because what I have to say is so fucking profound. But even just, you know, the gatekeepers at radio or magazines, sure. different things. And that's why this podcast, I want to treat it like like this is the last frontier. Like we have to protect this like it's sacred. And I'm all for making money. I'm all for sponsorships and things sure. like that. But we want full creative control. Listen, bro, you your podcast keeps growing. You start to get, you know, like like let's just say like Joe Rogan, millions of downloads. Even if you said something nuts, so what? Colgate's going to pull their ad. You make so much money for these other companies, somebody else will step in. You know, unless you're saying wild, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we're not doing that. I'm talking about like little missteps that like, you know, everybody's like pouncing on people for now. It just doesn't, it doesn't affect the podcast community. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't affect entrepreneurs. It, it would only affect the industry because, you know, they're connected to these you know commercial board, like chairman of the board and yeah like, like that, that and... bullshit that, you know they just have to say something you know there has to be a controversy for them to for them to get clicks on their websites we, it's unnecessary now we do this well you know what a lot of brands not to get too like marketing nerd but a lot of brands sometimes they get super hypersensitive like you were saying like that audience member that doesn't want to be offended so they go overboard and that's how they lose touch with with the the fan like the uh, consumer mm. to where they're like dude they've gotten so fucking like just commercial cookie cutter yeah yeah and they try and and especially like with networks like they try like these cbs's abc's nbc's they try too much to force things that are not real like they'll try mm. to force like oh we need one white guy one black guy one asian guy one transgender it's like <laughs> nobody cares like i never i would just like things if they were funny like I would just yeah. I think I, everybody would like things if they I were just, just fucking. Funny. I don't fucking yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the show um on on Netflix, it's um um uh it was like a remake of the show. Um, I'm blanking on the name. It was all it was all Latino family. I'm I'm blanking on the name. What is it? Forget. Is it comedy drama? Yeah, it was a comedy. It was a comedy show. Like series. Oh, Thirty. Um, it wasn't all in the family. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting. Oh, what but they remade it. They remade it, and and the uh, and uh, I'm forgetting what it was. But anyway, that show I remember just watching it and like laughing, and I never thought, oh, there's no white people in that, you know. Just like when I watch, you know, I laugh at Seinfeld. I'm never like, why are there any black people? Yeah. You know, or like when I friends. watch, yeah, when I friends, or when I watch Blackish, I'm just yeah. like, I'm laughing at the show because it's funny. Yeah, it's I'm never, bad. I'm never being like this, but like these people. But it's the world we're in now. It's like everything, and and and. And not to cut you off, but I feel like that too about this whole women power thing. I'm a female, but I just kind of feel like sometimes like, okay, if you want shit to happen, then why don't you go for it yourself? Like quit complaining about how there's no support. There's not this. Well, get you a good group of women who are like pretty powerful. Absolutely. Why don't y'all work together? Easy. And then you just like kind of build and do your own kind of shit. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I well, just kind of feel like that's kind of the world we're going to. And that's why we have such wussy kids and like, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like kids always complaining and I, I don't, 
Well, you have a whole dynamic now, like especially in entertainment, of like people that could only be successful and famous because of right now. Like it used to be like, you know, if you became like, let's see, a comedian, like you were the funniest person that had ever come through that city in years. They like cannot believe they're falling over. And now it's like everybody's a comedian, everybody's an actor, everybody can do this, everybody can mm. do that, and they capitalize on bullshit. Like a lot, I know a lot of comedians where they would have no careers if there was no controversy. So they're not in the business of trying to heal anything. Mm. They need the controversies, they need to be the victim, they need to feel pitied so they can get people in their seats. So it's actually disgusting and it's weakness, but it's being, yeah, it's being kind of bred through our children, which yeah. sucks, but not my kid, she was unplanned. <laughs> By the way, Kramer's attorney was black on Seinfeld. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And didn't he say some racist shit in real oh, life, though? Oh, oh, yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back 12 years. Yeah. Uh, People don't I, forget. I have, a, I have a bone to pick. Yeah, man. Um, so, man, how was it like working on that Beastmaster show? Because we had just worked with you in New York. Yeah. And then we're on Netflix, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, hey, that's Chris. That guy looks yeah. familiar. Yeah. That Beastmaster thing was fucking, it was fun. It was fun. We filmed every episode at like from like three o'clock in the morning to like, eight o'clock in the morning. So it was like nuts. Like, you know, we just sleep all day. It started to, the scheduling was like shit because they needed like darkness and then they wanted like twilight and you know, bullshit. And, and uh, it happened. We see, it's interesting. That's, it's good that you brought that show up because it kind of fits into what we're saying today. That show we filmed in like January of 2016. And I feel it came out in late November of 2016, right after Trump got elected, right? So that's when a lot of stuff started to change. A lot, everything started to change when that happened. So I remember the show came out and when I was filming the show, there was no like Me Too yet. There was no movements. There was none of that stuff had started to happen yet. So the people at Netflix, like at Netflix were like, hey, you know, because you guys, if you guys watch the show, it's like different. I was the host for the US and then there mm -hmm. were different countries that are different hosts. Yeah. So there was like the Team India, right? There was the, the, the host there. She was like a, a you know, a model. Bollywood. In India. Yeah, Bollywood model. And they would tell me, the Netflix people would tell me, hey, go into her booth and like mess around with her, do like try to get a date with her, like Netflix and chill and all that stuff. And like it was all okay. She would come up with suggestions. I would come up with suggestions like blah, blah, blah. That shit came out. All of a sudden I started getting all these tweets that I was sexually harassing her. Stop. I, me too. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. It was wild to oh. the point where I called her. She's from India. I called her. And I wouldn't apologize because I didn't do anything wrong. I was like, careful my words. I was like, are you like, are you seeing this? And she was like, yeah, that's an American problem. She was like, you have an American issue. That's American women complaining about bullshit. She was like, I live in India. There are packs of men that come into towns and rape women and children like against our will. And you think because you asked me out on a date and I said, no, you sexually harassed me. She's like, that's, that's your dumb American problem. And I was like, wow. And she was like, I'll send out a tweet right now and say back off. And then she did. And everything was fine. So it's just this mob mentality. They don't even know why they're mad. They're just yelling. Or like, you know, they would tell me as, a, as the American comedian, you know, they were like, make fun of the other countries. Like really go in and just abuse the other countries. That's why you're on the show. So I would. I would just make fun of things. You know, they told me to get racial. So like, I remember for the China, Team China, one of the guys, his name was Bin Fung. He fell, he fell into the water and they called it the beast blood. That's what they called it. And then when he fell down, I went, there goes Bin Fung into the duck sauce. Oh. <laughs> and people were tweeting at me, you racist piece of shit, blah, 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 blah. But I got it. It's like, yo, you looked at me and I look like the white guy who's the problem. So you're doing this like reverse racism shit and you're attacking me when everybody else was saying the same things, but it's okay for them. So Netflix actually fired me. I got, but I, again, I don't care. I'm not the person to like try to like tweet out and like make claims about it and like, cause that's bullshit weakness. I was like, yo, I'll just move on. But I, but don't, I don't, I understand what happened. I get what, why that happened and why you did it. I'm not gonna fucking sue you guys. I'll just move on because it's just like, I'm just from deep in New York. Like, I'll just, when I see you, I'll just, you know, if you say something about it, I'll just get physical and violent with you. And that's how it'll be handled. I'm not gonna fucking sue you. I just don't care. So it was like, it's not in my nature to sue. Yeah, it's like not in my nature to sue, but I will take care of this. <laughs> wow. and, and, and I remember when they fired me, I was like, why? And they're like, well, you just started clicking with the audience. It's like, no, it's just that because and then people would tweet at me. 
people would tweet at me like, I can't even watch this show with your commentary. I'm like, listen, they're like, this show makes me happy. And like, I come home from working all day and, and your commentary's ruining it. I was like, listen, if you're fucking getting happy off a show with volunteer firefighters jumping off lily pads through a dragon's mouth, kill yourself. You need to kill yourself <laughs> if that's what you're looking forward to in your life, buddy. KYS. Yeah. KYS. Yeah. Kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Wow. But I hope you guys like the show. <laughs> no, we did. Well, I was like, oh, we. I was like, oh shit. I said, man, you know, it was like, you. I thought you killed it. I had no idea. Nah, bro. Some most people didn't. I mean, some people, you know, people like normal people, they would come up to me and be like, I liked you on that show. Yeah. Uh, you were funny. I get a few tweets, but overwhelming tweets were about how misogynistic I was, how racist I was. So, were you the only stand-up? I, I was the only comedian. Yeah, but, but you went on to do your job. So yeah, that's, that's what, what that, that was the purpose. But again, it's it was it was pre, like for example, if they did that show right now, all that stuff. All first of all, the way that the, the jokes that they would suggest, they would have never been suggested. The kind of topics that we talked about would have never been the allowed. Timing, to, but it was the timing. So we filmed it in a place before Trump was president, and then when he became president, it ignited this whole. Everybody got so mad. So. I, you know, I'm not saying I was a victim of it because like I'm, I'm doing fine, but it's just like I got fired. I definitely got fired because of that. So how about this? How would you compare filming something like Guy Code way back when? Oh my god! Compared to filming something Bro, like the that, the things that we used to do in fucking Guy Code, like I, I, I cannot believe if people they don't rerun that show anymore now because of the times. I mean, god, the shit that so we used to good. talk about, holy shit! And even like the girls on that show, like when it was Guy Code, Girl Code, like yeah. this, it was just like. Everybody was just a normal person. Like it was just a, you could be a normal comedian and say things that cross the line like comedians are supposed to do and they would have a chance back and it was fine. Nobody was taking anything to heart. Like nobody was crying about anything. But, you know, th those are different times. I mean, that was just 2012 to, to, to I think I code was 2011 to like 2014. So it was not that long ago. Yeah. But now everything has changed. But I think like as comedians, it's our obligation to just like, just plow through it. It's like if someone's going to fucking be offended, then it's like, yo, leave. Yeah. You, you paid entry to come into this comedy club to, to cross the line. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, because if you not, know? you're doing a disservice to like the vast majority of people. If you water your shit down, yeah. you're not being yourself. You're not really like pushing the envelope. Yeah. Or, or I mean, that's a big part of humor, too, is like you got to kind of fuck with people sometimes. Absolutely. Babe, what was that uh, one thing that you had? And, and I think you said um, the word panocha. In the beginning of it, oh, and then uh, the and the oh, lady kind of went like, uh, she "Oh, the was Netflix like, thing." No, no. Well, this was this was at an actual live show, and the lady was kind of like offended, you know. She kind of like didn't like it, and then you just said, "Yep, that's the kind of show it is," you know. Just <laughs> like, yeah, Good. you know. That was like my starter kit of jokes. I was like yeah. probably year one, one year one, one two. But uh, I was saying some pretty vulgar shit in Spanish, and um, but I again, it's just to fuck with people. Yeah, 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 but they, but the women, you know, and then uh, it was Spanish women who were getting offended. Yeah, it was well, all, all Mexican crowd. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think they would. I don't. I thought it was because when I'm talking about the effect, I'm, I'm white, but it's usually white people that are the most fucking annoying. Well, let let me rephrase that. It's probably somebody who's got a low education. education. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not really Mexican. Yeah, you yeah, live in the birds. Yeah, Latin American. Like yeah. a white American. Like a white. Well, American. I, I, well, we, I got it. We call them coconuts. You know, a little yeah. coconut. Yeah, little yeah, coconut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. Those people. Yeah. But, but yeah. you know what though? It's almost like the like you said, the country's going through a weird phase. I don't know what the word is, but people getting soft. And um, here here's the thing too. My my buddy Jesus from this Madre, his wife is a you know pretty hardcore like feminist like that's her thing that's her peeps you know I'm, that's her cause and um, one thing he was telling me is that what she's found how she can like help a lot of women mm -hmm. is help them negotiate their pay better right. so now when they're up for a promotion or or a new job right. offer she she pretty much said like the pay disparity a big reason is a lot of women don't go in with the good negotiation type of skill set. Right. So they end up kind of getting, you know, the shitty end of the stick. Yeah, Harvard and just did that study and that's the main thing. They don't negotiate that's a big as well part as men of it. do. So yeah. if you yeah. can pay someone less a lot of time and they'll take it because you're just like, fuck, I'm just happy to be out the house, yeah. you know, well, some 1950 shit. Look, I, I got a daughter. I'm raising a, raising a woman. Like I, I'm big, I'm big believer and uh, supportive of feminist movement. I want my daughter to have every, I want her to be president, whatever she wants to do. 
But it sometimes, like I got a Pierre, a comedian Pierre, she's like a staunch feminist, which is cool. But she takes it too far. She's fired every man. Who, who on, is this? No, she's, a, she's one of my comedians. I won't say her oh, name. Okay, but, okay, okay. but she's fired her manager, her agent, all men. Her whole team is all women. She refuses to work with men. She told me once, she was like, did you, did you have your daughter at the Women's March in D.C.? I was like, no, you know, we didn't go. We just watched it on TV. She's like, why didn't you, why didn't you bring her? You're the fucking problem. I'm like, well, she's six months old. So <laughs> if one of you, like, the, the, the reason why I didn't bring her is because of someone like you who's getting, like, really aggressive right now for no reason. And if one of you hit my daughter with the pussy hats then i would hit you and pussy go to jail so i'm just gonna watch it from home and talk to her as she gets older about what this means and how strong exactly. and powerful this is but you are a six-month-old baby so i'm not going to take you out into the elements you it, it's fucking a, idiot it's a pussy hat safety issue yeah it's a pussy hat safety issue you got to be out of pussy hat pussy hat's <laughs> length yeah but that girl that girl who's like this like she's not really mad at me she's mad at her she's mad at something that happened to her she's mad at something a guy did to her but she takes it out on me it's like listen it, i'm not your problem it's almost like it's almost like being radicalized you know how to, how yeah. to use that for like terrorists and certain religions or people go too far yeah. left or too far right it's like man you don't want to go too off too far off the fucking deep end yeah where now you just like yeah she's lost her fucking mind now you know? I think pretty, I told you that. Extreme. I've never had like a feminist issue because I've had zero problem ever speaking up the way I feel. Boom. That's so, why I'm married. Yeah. Because so, she's, like, she's like, look, man, a man comes from Yeah, so like, I just never really... Do you really... have a sister who's single? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to marry into your family. Actually, actually she's right inside. Yeah, she's I'm inside. watching the baby right there. Watching the baby. Actually, she is. Yeah. Uh, um, yes and yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, come yes, back. yes, and yes, and hurry up. <laughs> we'll be at the show tonight. Yeah, she's going. Yeah, let me get tickets yes. right now. Christopher Stefano. Yeah, they're on me. They're on me. Uh, yeah, so that I've never, like, when this whole thing, yeah. I just have never had an issue because I've had no problem ever speaking up. Yeah, and see, so. and see, that's, I think that's why I'm someone who, yes, I sympathize with the movement, and like I said, I'm raising a daughter, so I support it, and I really try to understand it, but the women in my family, I have three women in my family who are firefighters in New York, and like just they're very badass women they yeah. always handle things on their own so my example of like women has never been a woman who's going to let a man do anything exactly. to them that they don't want yeah. to be done so when i see some certain women out there the crying and playing the victim i i can't help but be like well my my examples of women weren't this way sure my examples of women were they're firefighters yeah so it's like and uh so that's why sometimes it's hard for me i have to be like okay well not everyone had the women as strong as me or you know as you are mm -hmm. But so, but it's hard because it's like every that society is constantly asking you to like remove yourself from your situation and look at others and look at this. And it's like the truth is, situation is like I can't. We can't save everybody. I mean, yeah. there's nine billion people in this world. It's not going to be fucking great for every person on this planet. Yeah. Like I, we got I, every person that comes into my life, I treat them with love, respect, and kindness, no matter what they look like, act like. They, I treat them the same. So it's like, why is that not good enough? People want to just make you feel bad for everything you do because it's this society that gets paid off having controversy and negativity and yeah. it's gross <laughs> <laughs> and I, I i used to enjoy beastmaster dude i know seriously this guy and his fucking humor oh my god now <laughs> oh my god if i was on beastmaster now it'd be a totally different me i just i couldn't do, i fucking wouldn't be able to say anything man how'd you get into comedy bro how young how'd i get i was uh molested no <laughs> could <laughs> you pain. imagine Playing yeah the victim. pain just yeah I just <laughs> I was marginalized. I was raped by a peanut. Yeah, <laughs> with gluten in it. I started. <laughs> I got the allergy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I'm uh, allergic. Uh, <laughs> I um I started comedy in 2009. I was a physical therapist. I was in physical therapy school at the time, and uh, I did started doing open mics at New York in New York City, and um I was doing it, you know, burning the candle at both ends. I was a pediatric physical therapist at day by day. And then at night I was doing comedy like, you know, 2 a.m. Like how you start in the beginning. And then I got on Guy Code in 2012. And uh, in 2013, I quit my day job and like worked full time with MTV on all their shows. And they signed me to like this overall contract thing. And then I've just been doing comedy professionally since since 2013. But I think I always wanted to do it. I was always like... Um, I never, my sense of humor, I didn't realize that I even had one until it was actually September 11th, you know, because I worked in, New, I lived in, you know, New York and the uh, high school I went to, like, we could see the Twin Towers from uh, the third floor. We could just see them burning. It was crazy. Oh, wow. And my instinct, un, I, I didn't even know, my instinct was just making, because I knew how terrible it was. Like, you, it was people's, I mean, so many people I know died. So mm. many people's family died. I mean, mm. if you're from New York, it just, it affected you directly because just, it was just chaos. So my, I just started trying to make everybody laugh and I was just being like 
on subconsciously, like just laughter was everything that I was doing. I was, I was just being silly about everything and it was working. And, you know, like a week later, one of my, my teacher who was there was like, you know, your gift is, uh, is that because I, I noticed that you, re he was like, you should do something with comedy or comedy acting or improv. He was like, cause you didn't even realize like these kids are crying mm. and you're being silly. You're just being extremely silly, making jokes about everything. So what, tell me, um, pediatric therapist, what exactly did that entail? So I was a therapist for like mentally, uh, physically and handicapped kids in New York city. So it was just like, you know, wheelchair bound kids, you know, kids with cerebral palsy or muscular dystrophy, or, you know, they all need ther physical therapy. So I was a, a pediatric, uh, therapist. So it was great. I mean, it was a great, you know, for it's like, a, it's mostly women are pediatric physical therapists but like so like when i came in for like the first like three weeks the whole female staff just assumed i was gay ah. they were just like oh like and then like i asked like i was single at the time and like i wound up asking one teacher out on a date one one day after school and she was like like with my brother and i'm like what do you mean with your brother no with you she's like you're not gay i'm like do i sound gay she was like um kind of <laughs> she, she was like we just all thought you were gay i was like what Wow. And she was like, yeah, only women or gay guys would be pediatric physical therapists. I'm like, uh, it's well. like occupationist, Oc yeah. like racist, but for yeah, 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 it was fucked up. Yeah, I could have sued. That's what got me into comedy. The trauma sued. of that moment. <laughs> Man, that's interesting. Dude. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's so I, and I still technically am a physical therapist. I, I have the, I told my, that's what, like my mother's only promise. She was like, I know you're going to do comedy. She's like, and that's fine. But she didn't think it was fine. She like really hated it in the beginning. She's like, but just promise me you'll always like keep your therapy license up to date. So I was like, fine. I was like, what if I'm like making like millions of dollars, like sitcom star? She was like, please keep it up to date. <laughs> <laughs> she was what like, if I'm on tour internationally yeah. doing yeah. Australia? I was like, what if I'm doing Bling's podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking keep not. it up to date. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's got to be a place in Houston you go take the test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah, man. So, so uh, yeah, so I did the day job, and now I do this. And this is great. You know, I travel, bring my man Sergio wherever I go, and uh, and we're fine. I'm hoping that, you know, it's my daughter, she's only three, but as she gets older, I want to take her with me too, experience all this shit. It'd be great. So while you've been in Houston, while you've been here, have, what, have you checked anything out? Yeah, we went yesterday with Mo Amer. Okay. Because he's my, he, he, you know, it's Mo, Mo Amer, you know, Houston, great comic. He's got this special vagabond. And um, it's so crazy because like his career like started to like, you know, blow the fuck up mm -hmm. doing show after show, show. And when he was in New York, he was sleeping on my couch. So it's like I'm watching this guy do late night sets, blow up videos from Will Smith. And this guy's sleeping on my fucking couch and I'm taking the bus to work. It's like, <laughs> what's happening right now? And, and so it was cool like to really get to know Mo um, uh, well and just I'm so happy for him. But he took us out. He took us to the Breakfast Club yesterday. Oh, okay. He took down us the street. Down, the street. down the street. Yeah, he took us there. And then uh, he said he was going to take us to more places. And then he just is on a flight to New Hampshire. So I was like, thanks, Mo. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. if you want to have lunch after this, uh, we know a bunch of spots. But uh, sure. Houston definitely got a lot of places to the eat. The food is nuts in this city. Because the thing is, Houston is so big. It's so big to us. Because, like, you know, and it's spread out. We're like, I just feel like, you know, you're driving. Like we were, it took us like 35 minutes from our hotel to get here. Mm -hmm. And it's still Houston. I'm like, it all can't be Houston. That's Dude, fucking and greedy. It, and it goes like that in every direction. Just Houston's real. So it's like. So wait, where you're staying though, it's a city center, but you're kind of borderline. Katie. Um, Attic Satsuma. Yeah. On I-10. Right then on I-10. And then as soon as you cross that part, then it becomes Katie. Okay. So there's just middle. Like, it's it's like weird. The, the yeah. Outer edge. It's the, big. It's, it's. But I do, I, I really do enjoy, the, I think the food, Sergio and I were saying, the food here is the best food we've tasted outside of New York. Because New York, the food is, you know, it's just fucking nuts. New York, everybody yeah, just yeah, goes yeah. there and just whips shit up. But the food here, like at Breakfast Club, was uncontrollably mm. good. I've never, I, I still haven't gone, because there's always a line. A yeah. line? Just in line for a long time? No, we walked right in. Oh. Mohan, oh. The, we came, because it closes at two. So Mo, you know, he, I think he grew up around there as well he said you know we'll go in there at 145 there'll be nobody there and that's what we did oh wow yeah Smart. we just walked in it was like three people in front of us oh yeah. that's the that's, that's, the, that's the move man yeah you got to go in at closing time and tomorrow is cheat day oh, it, oh yeah. yeah yeah sunday motherfucker cheat day bro i got i got a list uh tate's bake shop chocolate chip uh i might I'm, I'm I'm get some wings i don't know yet 
So you eat healthy. You eat healthy and train a lot. You I look, try. You look jacked. No, man. This is, you Yo, know, if you got ecstasy, you want to hang out later? Rub, you know, rub, can I rub you down and shit? I, I look like an Armenian club promoter. I look like a ninja that, does, that, that teaches yoga on the side. An Armenian you know, club promoter is yeah. hilarious. You know, just, you know, like a little ninja that just does sneaky shit. You do you know? work out out here? Do you, do you work out in the backyard? I saw a dumbbell out there. <laughs> oh, a Actually, dumbbell. a dumbbell. They're, they're being used. Finally, they're, they're, held, they're holding down the AstroTurf glue. So they're finally getting some use back there. Yeah, um, that's funny, man. But yeah, man, tomorrow's cheat day. I'm excited about that. What are you going to eat? Man, I might do, some, might do like Whataburger. Oh, you know. nice. Have you had Whataburger? I've had Whataburger. Okay. We went to Snooze Eatery. This oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Holy Shut shit. I have, I have full tits. I just have full tits <laughs> after eating at Snooze. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it so good? Yo, it was Wait, were you in line there forever? That we waited 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that we waited 30 well, that's minutes. That's still not bad. That's still not bad for Snooze. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, pretty good. It was excellent, though. Which one did you go? Oh, there's the, one in the, in the, in the city the, center. Yeah, that's the next right. shopping center yeah, yeah, over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was great. I had fucking pancakes. Eggs, bacon, avocado, avocado. <laughs> Every time I say avocado that. Yo, I like your I like your bit about that. I saw Which one? It, uh, about the avocado toast. Oh. Uh, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even fucking know. Some of the shit yeah, that I hilarious. say. You want to know something funny, though? About building the wall or something like... I want to talk uh, to the about, No, about if it was if... Um, the people who would complain would be the daughter. Oh, oh yes, yeah. yeah, the wall because that was the thing. Yeah, like oh that Comedy Central show. Yeah. It's live at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah, I, about um. That's because that's I just like the you know because uh, the romaine lettuce that's what it was it was romaine lettuce was was being was like you, you couldn't eat it. it was that even affecting here yeah you couldn't yeah, eat yeah. it yeah. yeah and I'm like that's because the migrant workers they fucking poisoned it and it's like you know avocados next yeah avocados <laughs> next and once you fuck with avocado once that's the thing white girls are not eating romaine so nobody cared. But once they poison avocado, that <laughs> I'm telling you, those borders would be open. There would be part. We, I would be asked to leave my home for the migrant workers. <laughs> you, you know what's crazy is, uh, one time we were visiting family in Mexico, and everybody took off. It was like a ranch. Everybody took off to the city. I was like, nah, they'll be back soon. I don't want to go. So motherfuckers took long, and I'm like, damn, they need to come back with the food already. I'm hungry. I'm just there like with my mom and like grandma, and they're like, just eat some bread and some avocados, and I was like. Fuck, I ate so many of those that I just felt like, oh my God, I just want like some real food. I'm tired of well, this. Well, yeah, that was And now my, it's the thing, like yeah. $13. My grandma Fuck would yeah. say, you know, I had oh, no can, idea. Can I was I, eating white Can girl I get food. something to eat? And she'd say, yeah, let me mash an avocado for you and yeah. then just get a piece of, you know, Miss Baird's bread and just yeah, kind of put it on there. That's $15 that's, white yeah, girl food now. Exactly. Yeah. Avocado toast is like $25. Oh, yeah. With the little leaf on it. Yeah. Or like aioli. This is just like mayonnaise with fucking olive oil in it. It's like, what are you just changing name? It's so stupid. Aioli. But doesn't mayonnaise, isn't it made with oil? So they just add more oil? That's just like do garlic, something or with garlic, some bullshit. Garlic aioli. It's like the easiest person to fool is the white woman. They're just so easily tricked and manipulated. If it's a brunch item, they lose their fucking minds. I'm telling you, man, I'm white and I'm the most annoying people are white women. I'm tell I just know it. But but let me ask They're you. They're my this. people. Let me ask you this, because are, are you hundred percent Italian? No, I'm actually I'm Italian and Irish, but then I did the Ancestry.com and I found that I'm like eighty percent German. So I don't know where oh, that's wow. coming from, but now I have you know, now okay, I'm like, well, yeah. Well you got you got some Irish and Italian. That's pretty ethnic to me. Right. Like especially like like Sebastian Maniscalco. He's to him, super Italian. To to me, when I see him, he's not your run of the mill white alt alty type of humor it's it's not it's it's very uh he talks with his hands and his face yeah, and then even your, your face, stuff yeah. even your stuff he's got the new york vibe so it's very you know the energy's there and you're fucking direct and you express yourself yeah and it's not this fucking uh i'm gonna hold the microphone like an ice cream cone and uh <laughs> let's see what else what else yeah it's stupid uh, hold my arm crossbody what's up with that i don't know i don't know uh, yeah. yeah let's see what else i want to talk about i uh, pull up my phone uh, it's, it's not that at all. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> and you know what I think it is? It's like, it's like the you know New York way, or like a you know Sebastian's from Chicago, like a like a like a, a white guy that likes grown grown up in the city. It's like we've we've been around like every race, religion, creed. Like it's it's very hard to be racist because the person that you hate, you're going to see them on the next corner. So it's like you, you, we just learn to love everybody. And I feel like there's like an honesty in that kind of comedy where it's like I'll say something about another group but you know it's coming from a place of love I'm making fun of maybe that stereotype and then throwing it back on myself with those alty white guys trying to make believe that they're the savior and they're all about being inclusive but the truth is is they're fucking racist pieces of shit <laughs> and you can see it from a mile away that's what I sniff out I'm you know, like, you phony fuck you know what's crazy man I did an yeah. open mic here in town the other day and I was uh, talking shop with some of the open micers and um, I just 
I always express myself. And sure. I was like, I was like, you know what, guys? I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna go the race route, like if you're dipping into the race topic as like a joke, I was like, it's got to be really really funny or have a cool perspective yeah. because if not, it race stuff it's been done right and when it's done well it's it's a it's a topic just like yeah. sex or relationships or parenting or anything else and uh, i was like in my opinion you know if you're gonna go there make sure it's really fucking punchy and you're not just oh sure. hey, why her black guy because that that's <laughs> hey black yeah. guy you must like her <laughs> oh, yeah, i'm it's, like it's brutal like, what it turns into fuck? michael richards all over again like yeah. oh, i gotta bail i gotta bail it's brutal well that's but that's just because that's just like you know the amateur comedians are not comfortable with the silence they and you know it's like that's like some defense mechanism that will just the easiest thing to do is just make fun of somebody for something they can't control and that's just a, to me it's always been a sign of like just a comedian he he or she or they're just not prepared that mm. like michael kramer you know that he did that uh uh you know uh, not michael kramer michael, michael richards, richards. <laughs> michael kramer <laughs> I'll show i combined the first yeah, name yeah, of the yeah. character michael Fucking, richards uh, Cr- tony but uh tony pine Sauls. yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, he did that because, you know, he's a great comedic actor, but he had very little stand-up experience at the time and probably still has very little stand-up experience. So what does he do? He just, he started to get frustrated that he wasn't getting laughs because doing stand-up's really hard. And he's, and he, his, the animalistic part of his brain took over and that's what happened. So it's like, you know, just because you're good at comedic acting doesn't mean you're going to be a good stand-up comedian. It's a completely different art form. And people find that out the hard way. You'll see, like, because now everybody does stand-up, you know? So, like, you'll see, like, you know, you'll have to, you know, you're doing some weekend and you'll be like, oh, you know, fucking this guy's going to be here. Like, they're, they, you know, they they play in the NFL, but now they're doing stand-up. So it's like, they just think they could do it because they, you know, their, their teammates laugh at them in the locker room. And it's like, we just live in a world now where, you know, most of the society is just, you know, they'll go see that shit. So, and then you watch them fail miserably and you're like, well, this is what happens, dude. It's harder than you think. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I know YouTubers and Viners and stuff like that. They get a, they get a bad rap. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm, I got like a more of a music background. Yeah, but what you do is actual talent. That's why well, you're I work respected. At, I, I know how hard it is and I respect it. No, 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 but, 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 but you have an actual talent. You know, you're making music and you're parodying stuff and it's like funny and you could tell that you're writing it. So it's respected by anybody. I think the, the issue is some of these people, they have zero talent and they go up there and it's like the fans are love it because it's like more of a celebrity. There's no art to it. They're just like going up there and just shitting on stage and you know it's it's but, almost like it's almost like an open micer at a with a big name because mm-hmm. some of the open micers man oh, yeah. i see them like try stuff and i'm like okay where the fuck were you going with this and they get off and they're like all right the host is like give it up for uh such and such and then people are like pity claps and then oh, but you see in their face that they're like oh, that's what i came for a little pat on the back <laughs> hey, but you know what's what's crazy though because i comedy is a very 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 hard yeah and uh, but can you imagine if regular jobs got judged the way comedians did oh my god it'd be crazy you out of there would that not be insane like if you just can you imagine if you sat in front of someone working at their cubicle and they're like you know you're just kind of like doing them the way the audience does a comedian isn't that crazy or even even crazier is like imagine what comedians have to do is you basically have to do your job every day in a different way because comedians if you came and saw me and you like my jokes and then you come and see me do those same jokes a week later you'll be like oh I already laughed at this we're like a musician you could just make a hit song and then you have a hit song so for Bruce Springsteen to go do three hours it's like yeah of course I mean he's been doing music for 80 years he's got he could just play songs for it's like a comedian for me to come with three hours that's gonna take 10 fucking years you know it's like I, 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 I can't do that it's too hard yeah, Bruce Springsteen, he could do shit from his mixtapes. Yeah, it doesn't, you can't do shit. old jokes. Like, yeah, like, I don't want to hear, like, the old Chris Rock. It's like, when I go see him, he's got to have new shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's, it, it, you know, it, it's hard. Let, let me ask you, man. Um, the New, no. the New York <laughs> comedy scene. The New York comedy scene. So, like, your routine out there, like, how often are you getting up, stage time? When I first started, like, you know, at the open mic level. Because the thing is, if you're going to do comedy in New York, like, you, the, the reason why I think, you know, New York comedians, we just have a lot more stage time. We have a lot more opportunity. So if you want to really like excel in the New York scene, you have to take advantage of the opportunity. So it's like in the beginning, it was everybody would shoot for like 40 to 50 open mics a week. That's what you would 40 do. 40 or 50 times. 40 or 50 sets a week. Yeah, that's just what it was. Like at the comedy cellar, now, you know, now I don't do the, the open mics. It's, I'll still drop in. I don't, I don't care. It's like, you know, I, I'll go in. I'll do my comedy anywhere. 
but like now on like a regular weekend um you know i'm in houston this weekend but like next weekend if i'm um well next weekend i'll be at gotham comedy club december 21st 22nd if you're in new york check me out <laughs> but like the weekend after that i'm just free I've, i'm not headlining that weekend i'll just do regular sets at the comedy cellar and you'll probably i'll probably do five friday five saturday four sunday so how, how does that show run to where you're able to go up so like the comedy cellar has the comedy cellar main room which is on mcdougall street and then right around the corner they have this place called the fat black and they have a comedy club in the back there, the comedy cellar at the Fat Black. And then downstairs, they have a room called the Village Underground. And it's comedy cellar at the Village Underground. So when the booker, SD, books you, she can you can be on three shows simultaneously. You could do the first spot at the comedy cellar, the fourth spot at the Village Underground, and close out the Fat Black. And boom, you just did three spots in an hour. That's awesome. You know, and then she may do that. But then there's shows all night. So, I mean, there's been times where, and I'm, I'm one of hundreds of comedians that have done this. I've done like 15 shows in one night. There, because you just boom, 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 run about, because it's 10, 15 minute sets. So, yeah, you, you know, you're working from 7 p.m. to 3 o'clock in the morning, mm. but it's like we get so much opportunity. We're like, <laughs> repetition. It, yeah, it's and... like, it's like no matter which way you slice it, like that's just not possible in Houston. And it's a great comedy city because there's just not the opportunity there. And we have the opportunity. Out. Stuff spread it's out. too spread out. We have in, in the West Village in Manhattan, there's six comedy clubs in a three block radius. So you can just boom, boom, boom. So that's why I think, you know, the comedians. We just get so much practice. It's like Malcolm Gladwell's, you know, ten, says ten years or ten thousand hours. Like we get those ten thousand hours quicker than anybody because we just have the opportunity if we work at it. And it's like if you're not going to go hit the stage every night, but you still want to be in comedy, then just go move to L.A. Go try to, you know, there's less stage on there. There's more of a time to get become a movie star, or a sitcom star, or whatever. But if you want to do stand up, then New York is the place with that will get you there the quickest. And you can always tell. When like great comedians, when they go out to L.A., their comedy changes a little bit than when they were grinding it out in New York. Like the, and, and what, it's too what? much too t like you can't in New York. The crowds are so fast paced there that you can't you can't tell. There, there better be a punchline every 10 seconds. There has to be or else you're just going to lose the crowd because New Yorkers are just very much like, you know, I paid for this. Like I need to fucking laugh because I got to go. And I got to catch like, a train. And they're probably like, and I'm funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what the fuck? So there's so much resistance. Um like, I, I'll never forget, like, the Montreal Comedy Festival, like, the Just for Laughs Montreal Comedy Festival, that's, like, they do this thing called the New Faces show, and it's supposed to be, like, the 15 or 12, 15, like, new people in comedy, mm -hmm. like, the 12, like, new, best new guys in the country, or, you know, it's all political, but that's what the show's supposed to be. And most of the time, it's just six comics from New York and six comics from L.A., or six comics from New York, six or seven comics from New York, and the rest are just from L.A. or another city. And I remember when we do the open mics, when we do shows, like there's no like it's not set up right half the time. Like there's just a microphone in the front of a bar. Like it's all resistance. It's all like running with ankle weights on always. So I remember the first show in Montreal was great. It was in a the theater. Everything was set right. Everyone had good sets. You know, the L.A. comics were like flourishing, doing jokes about fucking unicorns and whatever bullshit. You know, they're like yoga. So they were doing their jokes. And then the. New York, I remember the next, so that was a good show. Then the next day, the, the New Faces show was just in a bar room that was poorly lit. The microphones were going in and out. It's just like the, the comedy festival just decided to put a show in a bar room. And it was crazy. It was like the New York comics. Like we had all handled that so much, so much. And we all had great sets. And you watch the comics so, from the other cities oh, fucking wow. bomb and be like, oh, my God, I've ruined my career. Oh, <laughs> my blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, it's what happens, dickhead. There wasn't yeah. a DJ. I needed pyrotechnics. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't have my props. Yeah. It's like your props. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat it. You know, you know what? Uh, so random. But I was watching that show crashing. Oh, yeah. There and you go. so um, I, I was which I was, we saw Mo. It's like Mo's on my fucking radar. Yeah, yeah. dude. Like Mo was Mo, on sleeping on my couch doing bits and crashing. I can't even get in that show. <laughs> he was on. He was on just the, here. He was on the show like three I days know, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw. And him. then I hit up Cipher like, hey man, I, I see Chris is in town. We just had Mo. Cipher's the best. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, I was watching that show crashing, and, and the girl who's in it. Oh she yeah, has, yeah, yeah. She tells. She tells. Uh, what's the, down the comics name? The main character. Um, Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Yeah. He's like, hey. Um, why aren't you doing all these open mics? You should be doing the open mics, you know? Right. And he's like, well, I don't know, Vinny, because he just, he's just working at that one club, passing out flyers. He's like, where in New York do you live? There's a, like an opportunity every corner you can yeah. possibly think of. And she takes him on all these open mics that he had zero <laughs> clue about. Sure. But it's funny that you're saying that because, you know, here there's not that much opportunity for him to get stage time unless right. he is touring, right? Sure. So next year we're going in, we're going to LA mm -hmm. 
right and um, to, to be there for a month so that he can get access to sure. more stage time you know yeah. just to do open mics here and there Absolutely. and hopefully pitch some stuff while we're out there but when i was watching that show i said you know i'm the one that does the tour right <laughs> i'm the one that kind of yeah. manages that whole part and i said i think i made a wrong move he goes what I said, I don't think we should have gone to L.A. in June. We shouldn't be living there for a month. I said, we should have done New York yeah. for a month. I was yeah. like, do you know how much stage time they get? And I was like, I wonder if it's true. Because I Googled it. I looked it up, right? Because I was like, maybe it's just for the show, for the sake of the no. show. And then we asked Mo when he was here. And I, and then it was like, no. no what did I, I now I like feel like I, I said, I think I just did the wrong thing. I was like, I think we should have done New York. So I told him, I said, okay, we usually end the tour in October. Right. And uh, or first week of November. So I told him, I said, what if we test it out? Because New York is super, ex- I think New York is more expensive than LA. Yeah, they're they're kind of equal, but yeah. it's really New expensive York is, New yeah, York. it's really expensive. That's the reason why the time that we asked you guys, if you guys could um, uh, do the show with Chingo, was because it gets really pricey having to book two hotels for the yes. comedians, you know, and it's not cheap out there, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of like, damn, you know? So anyway, um, I told him, I said, maybe at the end of the tour, we should try to go to New York for two weeks and see yeah. if you, because I told him, I said, I think those are, that's, that'll be your big tester because yeah. the, Whoa, the Mexicans in New York are totally <laughs> different from the Mexicans. Oh, absolutely. Here. And you have to deal, you'll have to deal with the Puerto Ricans and Dominicans yes, in New York. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a totally different crowd. Yeah. You, you just got to be funny. So like, if I ever were to hit New York, I'd make sure I was like, seasoned and ready and and, and and like when i do the mics and stuff here or get on different people's shows like i've done an all black lineup all black sure. crowd all white but i think like black and hispanic are kind of the same lane so we can kind of <laughs> that's right <Ray said. laughs> could you imagine Whoa. if i said that my yeah. career would be over i might need to edit that part i was like i was like i'm not talking no no, no. i mean like culturally we're cool like we're all we're like you know we kind of are similar you well, know okay let's see what kind of but okay but the black crowd You're is confusing also... confusing the shit wait, out of Chris right now. Wait, but the black crowd is very, <laughs> very tough. They don't just Absolutely. laugh at anything. It's no bullshit. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the way the New York crowd would kind of be. Yes. Yeah? Like, I think the... Like, look, the comedians in LA are... You know, they're great. It's, at the top levels, like, there's no difference between the top comics in LA and top comics from New York. They're all great. It's just like... The, and they're all whatever. But I think the crowds, yeah, you can get away with more anywhere in this country, but not New York because there's just... It's just like a no bullshit kind yeah. of city because it kind of has to be there's millions of people in that city mm-hmm. it's small there's terrorism everywhere like i can't it's just like look you know if you're doing these these jokes that i know you're lying about that you know like i'm telling you i, I meant like I, when i said unicorns like i was kind of half joking like that you can always tell like if comedians been in la too long they start talking about fantasy shit like unicorns <laughs> and they do jokes about that where it's like what so it's what almost like talking so it's about? like they're riding in a vacuum like just at a coffee well shop. because nothing's happening yeah you're not interacting with anybody you're in your car you're in your coffee shop you you know you, you don't talk to anybody like new york like the real shit is happening to every you know you get on the subway and, you know, you're seeing real life happen in front of you. So that's what you'll write about. Like mm-hmm. something will happen to you on the way to the comedy show all the time because it's just New York City. There's things that you just look look up and you'll be like, oh, fuck. And there's a ton of I mean, I know L.A. is known as like the entertainment hub, but New York has a shit ton. Bro, I mean, I've made a whole career now just at it. I have I've been to L.A. I've been to L.A., of course, to work and stuff, but it's been. At a month at the longest. My whole career, every dollar I've made, I mean, I bought a house in New York. So it's like, that's like, those shits are not cheap. Every dollar of it was comedy money that I made in New York. Wow. So it's just like, yeah, so it's just like, that's New York. You can 100% build your career. I mean, Amy Schumer, Chris Rock, Louis C.K., Hassan Minaj, it's all New York. They're all all doing, Mo, everything Mo's getting is happening in New York City. So, so what's the top of the mountain for you? Is it stand-up or is it producing a show? Is it having your own XYZ? Um, I had a sitcom in development with CBS. It didn't didn't get picked up. But I have now, now I have an overall deal with Comedy Central and I have a cartoon about my life in development. So oh, that okay. would be like really... I really started comedy to make TV shows about my dad and to just make TV shows. Now it's like broadened up to like my life. But initially it was just like my relationship with my dad. I just always thought it was wild. So I wanted to do... Um, uh, TV show about that but now I would say the top of the mountain is well really now it's two things it's it's getting a show about my life on the air whether it's a cartoon or a sitcom or a movie something about my life on the air specifically now I'm going to say cartoon because that's what's closest that's what you know I, I can sense has the best shot and then fans having my own 
fan base where wherever I go, I'm selling tickets and it's sold out or damn near sold out. And you know, the only way I can do that is through podcasting and through being on the internet. It's like my my peers who refuse to believe that, who think that they're going to get on a TV show and their life's going to change. Dude. It's like you are so wrong and it's going to hurt you bad when you realize that you're never going to make it that way. Mm -hmm. Not in 2018, 2019. The main thing I always preach to like anyone who listen, like up and comer, up and micers, whoever. Um, main thing is like, hey man, I see you working on being funny. Make sure you find a way and work on getting some fans. Yes. And even like the... the even the, the guys that roll with even us. Even the, the, the heavy yep. hitters that, that we take on the road as features and stuff, like they're pretty much headliners and yep. very, very seasoned. But I tell them, I was like, hey man, or Solo would tell them like in the lobby, tell them to follow you on social media. Yep. Like they're giving you props. Like you're fucking hilarious. Yeah, we'll be at the at the merch booth and they're just like, oh, you're so funny. Thank and I'm like, hey, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, give like, them a card, do something. Yeah, yeah. Give them a shirt. Them right. And they're, they're all shy. They're like, oh, you, you can find me at, you know, and I'll well, be do like, you need come it. on, guys. You it know? all comes down to fans because back in the music days, you could get a record deal, but once they put you on a shelf, it's either going to sit or it's going to fucking move. So yeah. same thing with, the, with, you know, with all these other um, uh, uh, acting and, and yeah. shit like that. It, it helps tremendously, especially when it comes to selling tickets. Like, yeah. You know, we, a lot of times, we don't get radio interviews. No, no most of the time, actually. You don't need it. And now it's like, you know, with social media, like what I, what I, I don't care about the numbers anymore because you can fudge that or you can have fans that are up there and they're not interacting. It's when you post a video, some, you, the comments and the interaction of people and how many likes it's getting, that's what's a, that's what's a good indication if you can start to move some tickets or not because like your fans are really committed. Yeah. So yeah. you have to like give them content all the time. It's like, this is like a whole other job that I feel like a lot of the old school minded people just, they don't want to come around to because like, yeah, the truth is in the 90s, if you were Jerry Seinfeld, you just had to get a TV show on that was a hit like he had and then you become Jerry Seinfeld. It is not that way anymore. I could tell you there's been shows on major networks for four or five seasons that those comedians could go and not sell any tickets because nobody's watching the show nobody watches network television anymore it's, mm. it's a thing of the past but if you got a netflix special because the netflix people you know maybe we consume it on tv but the netflix netflix is the internet that is a form of the internet so it's like if you're if you're having a streaming service if you can get your stuff on there then you're great because nobody wants to i don't want appointment TV, you know, which by the way, speaking of appointment TV, I have a Comedy Central hour special coming out <laughs> January 18th at 11 o'clock. So maybe you can watch it there. It's appointment television. But really where you're going to see it is online because I'm going to fucking promote the shit out of it online. I'm going to buy ads online. And I'm the only chance I have for you guys to see it is online. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm a realist. It's a, it's Comedy Central what? It's a half hour? It's an hour special. Oh, an hour special. Comedy Central. It's called Size 38 Waste. <laughs> it's the name of the special. And it comes out Friday, January 18th. As a part of Comedy Central Stand Up Month, where, where, told me to say. Where'd y'all film it? I filmed it in Brooklyn. We could, yeah. Um, it's me. I have one. Ron Funches, James Davis, and Roy Wood Jr. And we all filmed it in different parts. Like they filmed. One guy filmed it in California. The guy filmed it in Atlanta. I filmed in New York, and uh, I think Ron filmed in Portland. So, I uh, yeah, I filmed it in Brooklyn in front of my home fans. <laughs> it was good. It was like my friends. I told my friend, like all my boys came, but I was like, yo, this is like a this is a TV taping. Like, don't be stupid. And they were stupid. Nice. No, I had to stop the taping. One of them got thrown out. What? You know? Was like, you're wearing a fucking Mets jersey? Oh, God. We're Yankee fans. It was like, the director was like, cut. Um, can you remove Vincenzo? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you serious? I swear to God. The dummies. The fuck? Sergio didn't show up. Sergio had better things to do, bro. It's my fucking guy. I take him all over the country. Yo, He's got to show up to my yo, fucking hour special. Man, come get on the mic Dirt real quick, bag. We, we were in the middle of a... Uh, I wanted to get you on, but we're in the middle of a... A heated, yeah. Come, come, come on, get on, on the mic. Sergio, Sergio Chacon, at Sergio Chacon. Represent the LES. Y'all yeah. gotta share that microphone. Oh, yeah. share that. Yo, changing. your breath, your breath, doesn't stink, bro. Represent the Lower East Side. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yo, why don't you come to my hour special, Bob? Well, well, <laughs> I want to just mention to you, I'm glad we didn't share that mic because my breath is uh, <laughs> a bit offensive. I would never went on the road with you again. Yo, yeah. I know. I could tell it's stinks. Some of that Texas barbecue. What's going on? Is this uh? We, you know what? We forgot to bring our toothbrushes, so we use those hotel toothbrushes, and they're a little suspect, Yo, man. They're better off with your finger. They're <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> hoes like biodegradable. They disintegrate. Right, exactly. It's gross. Oh my god. But yeah. But we're having a good out, the good time out here. Why don't you come to my hour special? That's what we're. That's what we brought you <laughs> on here. Yo, you trying to avoid the topic, bro? I'm this guy better things to do. He's like, yo, Houston's big. My daughter's birthday's tomorrow. I'm excited about that. <laughs> yo, yeah. uh, she's turning seven. Is that true? For real? Yeah. Well, I don't even get invited uh -huh. to the birthday party. 
Yo, you're mad disrespectful, bro. Your daughter looks like she steals. Yo, she does. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> her mom was in jail. You know that. <laughs> you you do comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a stand-up comic as well. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a ball, man. It's the yeah, the, the, the what the fourth city we did this year. He's an easy guy to bring on the road too because he gets free flight benefits because his wife's a flight attendant uh-huh. and he doesn't snore. <laughs> and so we just share them. I don't. It doesn't cost me a dollar to bring this dude around. <laughs> the only thing I do is pay for his fucking meals. But I think the real reason is I'm a boxing instructor as well, yeah. and I uh, train so him. So get that like, free training for yeah. free too. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do y'all do? Mitts on the road? We or? do. We do pad work. Like we train outside. Like we went to baby bull boxing. But that's yesterday. Oh, like, oh, I'll make dope. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll set it up. Like we're working while we're here for three days. We're gonna eat like dirt bags, but we're gonna train like champs. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he likes that bad. Absolutely, I think my boy likes that. So it's bad. like Mike Tyson towards the end. <laughs> Word. You been to Baby Bull Boxing? No, it was, I haven't. It's been. dope in there, man. Yeah. We had a good time. I, I got to get him on here, man. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Yeah, we 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 plugged him on Instagram. He was great. What was that boy's name? Andres. Do you know Juan Diaz? Yeah, I, I might have met him a couple times. Yeah, yeah, but you know him as a fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, hometown. Yeah, he was dope, man. I mean, he threw a lot of punches. He had heart, grit, man. He was dope. Man, Houston so. style, man. You Houston know. style. That's why I'm so <laughs> I love you. Yo, you got Scarface. If yeah, I'm yeah. Not Brad yeah. Jordan, yeah. yeah Scarface. Yeah. Rap Scarface is dope. Yeah, rap a lot of records. You got a lot of shit popping out here, man. Yeah, it's the fourth largest city, man. You know. I know everybody it, thinks that we just ride around in horses out here. It, it, like, we're just like I never hillbillies, that. You know? I, went to a, I went to a prep school in New Jersey. So people were like, what the fuck? A Texan. Like. What do y'all fucking ride horses to school and shit like that? Ain't not like that, man. Right? No, you guys got money out of it. Got the, all that oil money. Yeah. Well, they, they this got is the fucking. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they got oil money. Shit. No, but this is a rich ass city. I mean, we would. America doesn't function without Houston. Well, our employment is great. Yeah. I mean, Rob might know a little bit more about this, but like, our, we're known for just having a thriving economy, like after the recession and, and yeah. shit like that. We were we the only state that we didn't have to borrow money. Just want to throw that out there. Basically. <laughs> Yeah. I just wanted to catch it. You're Latino quick. too, yeah. but you're the Latino. But you definitely get stopped at the airport. If you look, you're too close. You you could go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one of those guys like Rodriguez. I don't know. Get over here. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a good beard, right there. That's a majestic. That's, that's a, a good. King's it's a good beard. ISIS beard. Yeah. No, no, but ISIS beard is like a little. Yeah, like there's a, a leaf. There's a yeah. leaf in there. <laughs> His looks like it smells like coconut and berries. Yeah. <laughs> right? It looks like it's well groomed. You got a clean. You got a clean ass beard, homie. <laughs> Damn, homie, what kind of what kind of have you been you eyeing, eyeing it this whole time, Chris? Is <laughs> yes. that what you've been doing? Is that why you keep like mesmerized? Yo, like, I want to put your beard on on Blink's pecs. <laughs> 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 fucking bromance happening. Yeah. <laughs> How long have y'all been torn together? Well, maybe like two years. Well, yeah. like whenever I go, you know, if he's available, I just bring him with me because I don't like. I hate you know the comedy clubs will always provide a, a feature which is fine but I like I like having somebody I know because I mean the comics in Houston are great the guy who's the guy opening for us who's the guy hosting Vince what's his name yeah, Vince uh, Vic, Victor, v- Victor? Yeah. he's a nice guy Victor Tran he's an Asian kid yeah, yeah, Asian yeah he's a nice yeah. kid yeah. Um, but I like to have somebody it's really not for the on stage stuff it's just for the off off stage you know like just to chill hang because I've been in you know I've done I've been headlining out for five years man it's lonely it's, you're off the side of the highway yeah if you, especially if you're like alone like by yeah, yourself bro, it's just like yeah you're just sitting there with jerking off to a bag of Fritos <laughs> yo yo gluten free yeah. he's like Serge girl I'll stand for a second I'm like <laughs> yo it's just mad empty Fritos bags <laughs> I just see a silhouette of a sheet going up and down like this fucking guy man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're like, this is what I came for. Yo. Right, man, I got to reevaluate my life. Yo, this is why I miss my daughter's birthday. Hey, as soon as y'all landed, he's like, hey, uh, look for place sells like, you know, the big variety pack of Fritos. <laughs> but the one that got all Fritos, variety yeah. pack, all Fritos. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yo, Uber Eats got Fritos, bro. <laughs> so, so, um, so was he accurate, you know, like with the New York comedy scene? Like, did you do a similar... Uh, oh, absolutely, type of, type absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of uh, mics early on, and um, man, the enthusiasm was great. It was something new that I really wanted to do, and it was just like that, man. It was a ton of mics a week, yeah. And then you know, you are uh, your boy might be uh, in a position where he's producing a show. He puts you on, 
and then like you could just cross promote. And by the time you know, you're in the mix of it. You know, he yeah. used to do. He used to produce all the shows. That's why we met. Yeah. When we met, like 2009, 2010, I was Mad Diesel. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, my traps, man. I was mad aggressive. I was <laughs> like, Yo, what can I get on your show, homie? Like a dirtbag frat kid. <laughs> you yeah. doing like uh, neck exercises? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was mad imposing. I was. I was on you. Like, Yo, let me Ask get on your show, Sergio. <laughs> you were like, Whoa, relax. Ask mad questions and a dive I was bar. so. I was real. I was real. Um, I, 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 enthusiastic. Yeah. Remember? I was curious. Ask you. You were. You thought I was annoying. No, no, nah, nah, you were cool. You were cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like looking away like Sergio let me ask you man like from your from your boxing experience do you ever compare that to comedy like in terms of timing or how to like you know that little funny? metaphor I did in the beginning right but a lot of people do now and I'm like yeah there are similarities because it's, it, it's like rhythm. you know yeah it's a rhythm right and you absolutely have to love doing it in order to participate in it if not you're gonna see the results of failure each and every time you go out there because preparation and it's repetition mm -hmm. it's doing it over and over and also you're by yourself I think that's the biggest thing right it's like once again, Chris had made a point like, yo, your friends can find you funny, but when you go up on stage, it's like the real deal. The same thing with boxing. Like, yo, your friends be like, oh, he can fight, he can fight. Like I said, yeah, yeah, but you go up on there, I guess like, dude wants to knock your head off, you better be prepared for everything. Whether it's a heckler, whether you're not feeling well, you know, what, whatever. Yeah, it's timing, it's preparation, and it's knowing uh, who you are. You yeah, know? this yeah. the discipline part of it. So there's a yo, lot you're coming on here with too much energy, bro. I mean, yo, come I was on. dying to get him. You, I was like, no, bro, come on, and now you're outshining everybody. It's like, yo, relax, bro. <laughs> Well, you, well, we didn't know. We were like, is that well, just well, his friend? Well, the combo or? was good. The combo, yeah. yeah. Yo, honestly, man, Sergio does what he wants. I want him to come on the show, but he wants to sit on the couch. So it's like, what am I going to do? Argue with you? It's like, this fucking guy. That couch is comfortable, yo, man. Yo, it's a nice, that's a nice yo, piece. The, that was a dirtbag question I asked. I said, yo, 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 Blaine, can I sit on there? Yeah. <laughs> he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, yeah, I was like, this motherfucker you. funny, but I don't know. <laughs> he just, because he from the LES. <laughs> Because you know. I, I got, you know, I got scabies and, you know. Scabies, like know. a pirate. <laughs> scabies. You're like, oh what the fuck? That's what's up, man. Yeah. So, shit, welcome to Houston. Uh, we're going to let y'all go on with y'all's day. I know y'all got, what, yeah. a couple shows tonight? We got two shows tonight. We're going to try to see Creed 2 in the afternoon oh, if we yeah. can. Are we going to work out? We're going to try to work out? We have, yo, I, 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 bro, my nipples are sweating. <laughs> bro. You want to work Yo, out? I don't even know if Creed 2 is going to be good, man. I'm going to have to wait till that shit comes on Channel 9. They don't know what Channel 9 is. Yeah, oh, UPN. You know what, like, yeah, Do you have the UPN network? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, you got something that when the movie passes DVD, yeah, it goes, it goes, we yeah, may yeah. need to wait for that because I haven't heard anything. It's an hour and a half movie, but it's four hours. There's mad oh, commercials. Man. You heard Michael B. Jordan, the actor. He uh, he's, he made a comment about uh, Roy Jones. He was like, "Yeah, who'd you who'd you want to fight? You know, since you're so prepared." He's like, "Ah, man, you know, maybe Roy Jones Jr." Oh my god, what Roy, an idiot! Roy Jones replied, "He's like, look here, I'm a veteran. I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna show you what's boxing. I'm a veteran. This ain't no play. Fifth round, sixth round, I'm gonna let you make it. I want you to see what boxing is in eighth round. Is he really gonna fight him? He was like, he's like, y'all got my number. TMZ got my number. Call TMZ." Roy, but that, that actually would because I mean, at least for the cameras, Michael B. Jordan looks fam, like a phenomenal boxer, but he would be nah, destroyed by man, an actual Roy boxer. Roy Jones, nah, one of the greatest ever. Because you're not getting hit back. That's the thing. But in it's funny, man. I, I, I love when an actor does that because you love uh, boxers talk the best shit. Yeah, they're, they're second to, to rappers. They talk the best shit. We were just listening to a clip of James Tony. You ever heard of James yeah, yeah, Tony? Yeah, of course. He was course. a slick boxer. Never worked out, but he used to whip people's asses. And he said. After a sparring session, he looks at the camera and he looks at the sparring partner. He said, look at his face. I'll do that to any of y'all. I don't care if you fly away or your mama away. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> That's the yeah. best shit talking. Yeah. I'm be talking shit, yeah. I forget what the fuck I was going to say, man. Why are you smoking marijuana? Yeah, I do. It's in that, and that's what that you're all do. <laughs> it's in that jar right there. But look, man, we're going to let y'all make right, it, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thank y'all for coming on Appreciate the show. You, man. Appreciate it, buddy. Good thank to see you. Guys. Shout out nice to Cypher Sounds. You're nice to yeah, meet you. Yeah, thank you, Cypher Sounds. For, 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 you know, putting a call in, you know. He, he had to call, he had to call, you know, Jimmy Pine Saws <laughs> to get to connect. <laughs> yeah, Cypher. But cool, man. Houston Improv all weekend. Chris Stefano. That's it. Chris D Comedy. Chris D Comedy. Oh, and I got a podcast myself called The History Hyenas. That's what oh, it's wow. called. It's about history and nature. So it's the Holy history shit. hyenas. H Y E N A S. History. <laughs> history. He rolled the dice with that yeah, shit. Like, <laughs> history hyenas. Check it out. He did shit this. Is, you made me squint. I was like, <laughs> history hyenas, baby. Check it out. Where can they find, where can they find you on uh, Instagram? Instagram? Oh, Christy Comedy. Christy Comedy everywhere I go. Sergio? 
as well, uh, Sergio Chacon on G- uh, Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> Just email me and I'll give you my number if you're interested. Yeah, you're going to get mad demo tapes. The one that he said podcast. Sergio Chacon IG. My bad. Sergio Chacon IG. For sure. And man, thank y'all for listening. We'll catch y'all next week. Sass, what did he say?